0: Welcome
1: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Welcome into the Yak Sports Podcast. It's a busy week of sports. I'm Leela McCrae. Joe Deck is here to help you navigate through it. But we're going to start off with looking a little bit ahead at some VHSL high school football because we finally know when it's going to happen, and ADs have been able to get out there and figure out what games they're going to play outside of their district. And Joe. We have a list of most of the teams in the area on who they're going to play non-district, and it starts with uh, probably the one that I haven't seen really talked about the most, Riverheads. They're going to play a home game against Tazewell, uh, that's a Class 2, Region D, Southwest District team. They're going to play on the Saturday afternoon, February 23rd, I think, uh, but somewhere right around there. By, by then, if you're listening to this podcast, You know, check your schedule before then. But Riverheads will play Tazwell, a a team they never played before.
0: Yeah, so that'll be exciting because it's a new opponent. Uh, But I would say um, I'd have to go back and do some research on Tazwell before they play. But I don't remember seeing Tazwell in the two uh, class two playoffs last year. So I wouldn't expect Tazwell to pose too much of a threat to Riverheads.
1: Yeah, they're playing the same district as Graham and Richlands, and those those two teams definitely are the, the more traditional, deep-running playoff teams in that district. I think Tazewell makes the playoffs here and there. Um, I, I thought from looking back maybe more years than not, but just usually not deep runs. So, I mean, it's it, you put Riverheads up against any Class 1, Class 2 team, we're going to say similar things, and uh, Tazewell doesn't start stand out like a Graham would or something. But, hey, it's a weird season, a weird year, Um, you know, you just never know what's gonna happen. But that is one matchup that we know. Uh, and we know it's gonna happen that Saturday afternoon when the season opens, uh, before they get into district play. Stanton, they have TA renewing that rivalry a lot of close games over the years. Uh Stanton won that game last year uh in two overtimes, one of their few wins from last year. Um, and they own the series 26-23 to one. So uh that'll be an interesting matchup with two teams like we'll see in most of these matchups we're going to talk about here uh, of two, you know, somewhat local teams.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a game that Stanton won last year. So obviously, I mean, you're thinking that that's one they're going to look at on the schedule that they have to kind of win this year if they want to get in the playoffs, because we've talked about it already Uh, a few weeks ago, it's going to be a shortened uh, playoff bracket. And that means it's going to be harder to get in with only district schedules. So you kind of got to win as many games as you can looking at the district You have Stewart's draft, who's going to be pretty good. Riverheads is going to be pretty good. So who can Stanton beat? Maybe Wilson, maybe Buffalo Gap, maybe Fort Defiance, maybe none of them. So Stanton needs this game against Turner Ashby to go their way. Uh, And really, when you looked back as the season continued to play out after that Turner Ashby game, you really started to scratch your head on how Stanton won that game because you saw Turner Ashby playing all these Valley District teams that were really good played teams last year, and they played a lot better in those games and beat some of those teams. And you were starting to think for a while, and then once they played, you know, the Spotswoods and the Harrisonburgs, it didn't go so well. But well, for a for a while there, you were wondering, is that loss to Stanton gonna cost Turner Ashby a playoff spot? And and Turner Ashby, I believe they made the playoffs anyway. I'd have to go back. I have my class three playoff bracket's not great
1: yeah I um think TA made it. Yep, but <laughs> we have to brush up on it we have to we haven't
0: we're not in football fall mode <laughs> yeah normally we would have been talking about all this and i would already be well versed on all this but it's been put on the back burner for now and um but yeah it so been, like
1: in our thoughts
0: <laughs> turner ashby has got to be turner ashby, turner ashby is going to come into that game hungry because they're gonna be looking for revenge it, both of these teams i feel like the loser of this game can go ahead and put playoffs out of their
1: mind. Yeah, and a shortened season, that would be something to consider there, and especially with the tough teams in both of their districts. I, I like this matchup because you talk about rivalries for Stanton High School and you look at Fort Defiance, who they will get in the district. You look at Waynesboro or Harrisonburg. If if, if Stanton wasn't going to line up a game with Stanton with uh, Harrisonburg or Waynesboro, I like this TA game because there, there, there is some juice there. Uh, even though it's not you know, one of the other cities in our area. Looking at Fort Defiance, they do have Rockbridge County, which I, I kind of look at as kind of a rivalry for them. Uh, they've had some battles. Last year, Rockbridge came up to Fort Defiance. We covered that game on the radio, and they beat uh, Fort Defiance. But two years ago, Fort Defiance really uh, – that was kind of when we started realizing Fort Defiance was kind of on an upswing, and they were playing better than they had the previous year. So I think it's an interesting matchup. I again look at this as a game Fort Defiance is gonna have to to find a way to win because this last year you kind of look at that game or that Liberty game as what could have been games and you just wanna make sure this isn't that for Fort Defiance this year.
0: Yeah, the Rockbridge game last year kind of got away from them in a hurry. Uh that was a game where and they, then they maintained, yeah. They fell behind and they just couldn't really get it going after that early uh start from Rockbridge. So I think the key for Fort Defiance, like you said. I mean, we're going to be talking about these non-district games as games that matter for a lot of teams. And uh, look, I mean, I guess your, I don't know, four-month preview uh, here. <laughs> but outside of Riverheads and Stewart's Draft, I think all of these teams, uh, their non-district games are kind of must-wins for playoff hopes. And and then you got to do some damage in the district, which probably means beating... Stewart's draft or Riverheads, and then beating the other teams. So, yeah, for defiance, I think you have to win this game at Rockbridge. Um, and I don't know. I they're they're missing a lot from last year. It's going to be a big, big test. Uh, I hope they yeah. can win it. Obviously, since they're one of our schools that we cover, uh, but I, I don't know how much faith I have in that.
1: Two teams face each other from within the boundaries of Augusta County is Waynesboro High School Wilson Memorial playing. They they play every single year, a lot of built-in rivalry there. And now with uh, Coach Major going over there and being the AD, there's still some direct ties of recent uh, familiarity. Waynesboro has the new coach. Waynesboro's trying to build that program back up. From You know, it was a playoff team for a few years straight, and then it just completely fell back off. And, uh, struggling through last year, Wilson, a team that, yeah, we, we saw the generation of, uh, of the, the peak there where they went to a state championship and they were playing deep in the playoffs every year, but they've really fallen off and not a consistent playoff team. Uh, they're looking to be back in the playoffs and I I think it's another uphill battle year for them, but Last year, I thought they'd be better than they were. So will they be there this year? Where they do have a lot of talent returning from last year's team. You just have to hope that talent's gotten better and that they've, they have they you know took those hard knock lessons and uh, they don't just expect to go out there and do the same thing again and, uh, and not succeed. I, that's a point you always make when I talk about teams bringing back a lot of talent. Well, you say, well, it's a non-playoff team bring talent. But I like it in high school a lot more than I do at the college level. Uh, because I think you have that chance to grow. And I think at the, at the college level, I, I don't always see that growth as much as you see in high school. So I'm hopeful Wilson can be improved this year. They'll start the season off with of Waynesboro trying to prove that.
0: I think this is the third straight year though we've said, can Wilson make the next step with the talent they're bringing back? Yeah. So let's see it.
1: We have to see. Yep. Stuart Strath versus Broadway. I like that matchup. Uh, they used to play each, They played each other tons and tons of times. Time went there in both in the Shenandoah, excuse me, both in the Valley District. And then when Stewart's Draft went to the Southern Valley and Broadway was in the Northern Valley, they still played each other a bunch. Uh, Broadway leads that series. um, I think I have a bad stat there. I think it might be 27 to 19 right there. Uh, But Stewart's Draft has won uh, eight, excuse me, three of the last four. And uh, Stewart's Draft won the last time they faced each other in 2016, 35-7. So kind of renewing an older rivalry there um stress can be strong this year i I really do believe they're gonna be strong again uh they're missing some pieces to graduation and and, um uh, transfer losing jones down to going to play football in florida which i watched him on tv the other night and that was really cool to see him get some playing time there uh but i still think they're going to be strong there and and i think they take a right approach with the players they got Broadway is that one of those teams that have been kind of on the lower side of things recently and they'll be looking to kind of rebound they have a lot of hype around that Wilton L kid who plays wide receiver for them um, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do in the Valley District so I think it's going to be in kind of an early measuring stick game for both of those teams can Stewart's draft and come out and take care of business against a class three team and uh, kind of start what they're hoping to be a very successful year, or can Broadway knock somebody that is supposed to be good off and kind of make some noise before they jump into the Valley District?
0: Well, you mentioned Broadway's, you know, big hype is around their wide receiver. And in a weird way, I think this is going to be a great matchup for Stewart's Draft, despite having lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball in particular. It's not in the secondary. So I actually think Stewart's Draft's secondary is going to be pretty good. Uh, and this will be a game that that really really helps them. I'm not sure how many games in the Shenandoah district that's going to be a factor. <laughs> exactly.
1: That was that was what I was going to counter with. Uh, yeah, that's good against maybe Stanton. <laughs> yeah, but
0: it, against Broadway that will help. And yes. and I still think Stuart draft's offense is going to be dynamite. So I look for Stewart uh to win something similar to that 2016 score, 35 to seven. I I I don't think Broadway has a prayer in this game.
1: And that's really uh, interesting there for sure draft. You talk about getting their pass in defense, you know, ready to go for a game like that, that helps them gain confidence early in the season. So then when you are facing these other teams that are run first, you know, you can depend on those guys behind you. And if one of those teams get in a third and long situation, you're not even shaken about what Mm -hmm. you guys can do. And then come playoffs, you don't know what kind of matchups you're going to get. So um, you know, Stuart did a really good job against TJ last year, who liked to throw a ball around more after a season of not really being tested. So uh, very good there. And then Buffalo gap, they're still looking for opponent. I actually uh, talked with coach Wagon, uh, you know, trying to find out who they were playing. I didn't know if it was just kind of under wraps or still coming together, but it looks like they're still searching for an opponent. So as soon as we know that we'll kind of let y'all listeners know uh, who they have lined up. I'd have to think there's a pioneer district team since Gap usually plays a, a Bath County, a Perry McClure, um, even some of the other ones they might not usually play. I would have to think one of those teams uh, would still be looking for a game. But, uh, yeah, it's everybody else has games lined up. The whole Valley District has games lined up. So it, it's, it's kind of late cooking here for Buffalo Gap, and uh, hopefully they're not odd man out for too long.
0: Yeah, I, I have to look and see what the uh, Pioneer District is doing in terms of scheduling. I don't know uh, how many – yeah, I guess I don't I didn't really think
1: about how many teams they have. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. They don't, so. I don't think
1: they have more than Shenandoah, though. I had something to look at. But, yeah, it's – I mean, look, Riverheads had to go on down the road to find a, find yeah, a team Yeah, I was getting ready to, play, to say so. that
0: was going to be the other point I, I forgot to make with Riverheads. I'm just glad they found an opponent because I know for them in a normal year, it's hard to find opponents. So I'm glad they were able to find somebody this yeah.
1: year. Like last year and what was going to be this year, it was going to be traveling across the state for uh, for games mm-hmm. with a class uh, – District one A teams with uh, Washington Lee and um, Colonial Beach. Yep. And so uh, yeah, Skyline. that it was gonna be a tough travel year. So and this is good that Taswell comes to Riverheads. Um, so I mean is I'm going no benefit you... from this. Yeah, Riverheads I don't know. In the... I may be
0: I may be asking a question, you don't know. Is that one off?
1: I think they all are because it's you always do those two year cycle. It's like a pretty traditional thing. It's this two year cycle. I know things are a little off. I would, I would love it if, you know, Riverheads just said, Hey, thanks for playing us last year. Let's do two more, you know, something like that. I would have to think in that situation with a team that they're not familiar with, you'd, you'd maybe be looking for a, a three, three off here. Yeah. Um, all these other matchups are common matchups and kind of pulling from the schedules that they would conceive of anyway. I know Stuart Strap Broadway wasn't already on the schedule, but that's not crazy. Um, so I would hope, I would like to think both sides of the Riverheads Taswell situation would be interested in just, okay, go ahead and get the next two. Let's go. Gotcha. For those of you upset that there's not football happening in Virginia this fall, I understand the feeling because I wish we were every Friday night, I'd go outside and smell the air and I feel it. Uh, but you look over in West Virginia, man, Moorfield having a heck of a problem. Staying on the football field, much less staying in school. They they've shut down to virtual learning for I think maybe two weeks. I know at least this week they're still in it. Um, they played on nine eighteen versus Tucker. They canceled last week. They're canceled this week. They're they have a scheduled bye next week. They won't get on the field again until ten sixteen. That's assuming everything goes well for them. The problem is their opponent for ten sixteen just canceled on Petersburg. <laughs> so Petersburg, another West virginia team that you see on tv3 they don't have a game this week so a lot of scheduling jumps it's gonna get crazy over there i don't know how it's all gonna play out i am a little bit thankful that we aren't battling that situation i like that it's out in front of us we know we we think we can have a complete planned season ahead of us um we'll see when we get there but i'm glad Seeing what's happening in West Virginia just on the other side of the mountain where it is very rural, it's not big cities, it's not a lot of things you've seen thrown around uh, the dangers of coronavirus, highly populated areas. These schools are having issues containing this, so uh, I'm, I am I am kind of glad that we're not battling this.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. again, the VHSL used their brains when they were making their decision. They said this is a pandemic. Schools are Basically, breeding grounds for viruses. In normal circumstances, in a pandemic, it's going to be worse. It's not going to be a good idea to try to have athletics going on, especially something like football during this. And they decided to push it. So again, that's why the VHSL made that decision. The people who want it in the fall, I don't know, man. Build a time machine and go back to before the pandemic.
1: I mean, I wish we had it. Or I build a time machine. A place where we could have it. Or build a time <laughs>
0: machine, go back to March and wear your mask. I don't know
1: something uh so that's what's going on over there i'm looking forward to football season just looking at these non-district matchups kind of planning for the podcast got excited about it um the whole schedule's out uh i know cody elliott wrote something for the dnr kind of breaking down the big games we'll be talking about it between now and then and then of course when they're happening so we look forward to that joe let's talk about college football where i was unbelievable, uncharacteristically pessimistic about what was going to happen with the Hokies on Saturday. I mean, I, I was, I was worried. I had no, no trying. I was wrong, which I'm happy. We won, came out 45, 24, Victor, and uh, very happy about that. I, I was wrong, but I'm happy wrong. (laughs) I guess I played your role. I played the pessimistic, everything's terrible. And then it was nice. It felt good this time. I didn't like my feeling. I I didn't enjoy the lead up to the game of being worried about everything, but I, I was glad we performed so well.
0: Yeah. Um, look, I was too. Uh, I texted you and I'll just let the listeners know this is going to be a thing. Probably the, the patented Joe deck worry scale. And maybe if it's a thing that has to be <laughs> put out later in the week, maybe Leland on the Yak Sports Twitter can retweet it. Um, but I texted you right before the game. I think it was the day of the game. I'm a 9.5 out of 10 on the worry scale for this game because I'm seeing Hinden hookers warming up, but he's not really dressed and the Hokies aren't going to have the defensive coordinator and there's 22 other players and three other coaches who aren't going to be there. And I was like, great. So we're going to get walked in this opener.
1: Against like so NC State pumped. who scored a bunch of points the week yeah. before.
0: Yeah, well, and then we found out, oh, yeah, Wake Forest is actually just a total doormat and NC State is fake. Uh, the best part about this was all the NC State fans that when Justin Fuente said, again, the actual problems with playing in a pandemic, like we've got all these people in quarantine through contact tracing and positive tests. We don't know how many people are going to be ready to go. I just hope we can feel the team. He's saying that being open and honest about it, just like he was. For
1: once, which is nice. Yeah, well, it's like he was him, about yeah. the
0: U- in the lead-up to the <laughs> UVA game. And he said yeah. that the lead-up to what ended up not being the NC State game because they had to cancel. But they for- the NC State fans they forgot about that. that. They, they didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, they, they were like, happen. oh, just shut up and play. You're scared to play us. Uh, let me say this. At the end of the first quarter, I texted you the projection gif, and I said, this game is over. With less than 25% of the precincts reporting in that game, it was over. Virginia Tech absolutely steamrolled those chuckleheads in Raleigh. And let me tell you this. I You don't need to retweet the Deck worry scale. Um, <laughs> it's a zero for Duke. I am not worried about Duke at all. We are going to go into Durham and beat the stuffing out of David Cutcliffe and that loser quarterback he has too, Chance Briscoe or something. What a chump. Our defense yeah. is going to have three picks in that game, and we are going to dance on them.
1: Yeah, UVA took care of them. They were down early, but then, and then fought on back and won that game and scored 21 points in the fourth. That really helped them. I, I got excited when they were down 10 nothing to them, but I, I did realize that that was unlikely to hold, and, and it, it didn't. Um, I didn't see any of that game, so there's not much I can comment on yeah. it. They have a much tougher matchup this week, obviously, going to Clemson Saturday night. Uh, You know, that's
0: that's just a hold on for dear life game. Like,
1: yeah, (laughs) don't get anybody hurt. Yeah. Try to stay close. Try to have some positive things. Put yourself in a position in the second half to think you can win it and then see what happens. Maybe even try to find some positive if that's not quite the case. So some somewhere in there is probably what you're doing. And, And I'm saying that like I'm putting down UVA. If Virginia tech was rolling in there this week, I'd say the same. darn thing. And honestly, when Virginia tech plays them in December, the first week of December, I'm probably going to say a similar thing. So it's not, this isn't me being disrespectful to UVA. I can get to that later if if I need to, but uh, (laughs) this it's going to be a tough, tough matchup against Clemson, but as is for anybody.
0: Yeah. Uh, Clemson's probably one of, uh, I'll just say a few potential legit teams. Uh, they are the one that is definitely legit in the ACC. Um, I I, I want to go back to the Virginia Miami Tech game. Be, I, mean, I hope I hope we run up the score on Duke. That the only thing I didn't like about the NC State game was that we took a knee inside the five instead of punching it in and putting up fifty on those losers from NC we'd State. We had already
1: what we went for two earlier, and everybody was upset about that. Uh, well, who's everybody? Yeah, I, don't, I
0: don't care. Who's I don't everybody? Care yeah, you know what? Smoke those people out. Who's everybody?
1: I don't know. I saw I saw it on Twitter. I don't care. I, that's what I'm saying is I don't care.
0: Yeah, I, if you're upset about us going half, for two.
1: It was second half. I felt in control, but I, I didn't blink. We, we're doing whatever we can do in this game that we should have probably been beat. If we're playing anybody decent, we get beat in. We're, we're working things out with three different quarterbacks, you know, going to see action.
0: <laughs> yeah, no I, that's the good news. I mean, I still we're think Burmeister looked good. I want to see him do it against a team that I think actually plays a Division One caliber defense and not NC State. Because here's the other thing, right? Like, we know how bad Wake Forest is. NC State gave up, like, 40-something points to Wake Forest. That's not a good defense. That was the one thing in the lead-up to the game where I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. When Mark Richt and whoever the other two goobers on the ACC Network pregame show are, and they're like, NC State's going to come out clicking. They've already had a game. They're ready to roll. Yeah, EJ Manuel, who they kept putting first-round draft pick. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) first-round bust. But um, I, I just, like... I, the whole time, I was like, guys, they barely beat Wake Forest. I don't think Wake Forest is good. I guess we'll see how good Virginia Tech is. And Burmeister came out, and there were some throws that I was like, mm, okay, not great. But most of his throws were pretty good. Um, He he call. can run the ball. Yeah, he can run the ball. Uh, the yeah, offensive line looked great. The running backs looked great. Uh, I I still He's think Hendon Hooker is your best option. But that being said, um, whatever. Yeah. Quincy Patterson came in, he looked good. Yeah. I, well, I was glad when they finally let like Quincy Patterson to start to throw cuz that was the that was one moment when I started to get a little bit worried was when Quincy Patterson first came in and we were like okay, all we're going to do is run the ball. And I was like, okay, well they're going to figure that out. They're not dumb. Like and then we're we finally your, let him throw. Carry, but yeah. yeah, we finally <laughs> let him throw. Our guys won the jump ball and and uh we we dominated NC State. Uh they're not <laughs> a good football team just like 10 other well yeah 10 other teams in the ACC
1: the thing is going into that game I was very pessimistic and I said I said it to you in text I'm not gonna let tonight I'm not gonna let this game decide how I feel about this team because we're down 23 guys Mm -hmm. We're down these coaches I'm just not gonna let today like I won't be happy I'll be upset I'll but I'm not gonna just say well we're done because once we get these guys back we'll be better But the same way, I'm not with the positive and really coming out and playing well. I'm not going to just say, oh, we're golden. Wait, you know, watch out Clemson. I no. I I will take away the positive that we have fought through extreme adversity. And something that you will have to admit, I don't think you're going to argue with me, is Fuente has done good with this situation. He has been publicly good and it seems like he's handled the team very well he has people ready all over the field ready to go we had freshmen starting we had our third string quarterback in he had everybody ready to go I don't know if we've always seen this in the past with full strength so he's done a good job this season so far really dealing with chaos so you give him credit you're nodding your head and you agree and I will use those kind of things moving forward but we're going to have to play better to beat a lot of these t- teams in the ACC. We still gave up some big plays to NC state. They just couldn't capitalize on everything. Um, so our defense wasn't perfect. We're, I mean, to beat UNC, we're going to play better than that, much less Clemson or Miami. Mm-hmm. So use next week is uh, to get better and, and look stable and look better and hopefully getting some of these guys back in. And, and then we move forward from there. Yeah. What's that? And that's UNC the next week, right?
0: Uh, I believe so. Yes. Um, and, and you're right. Um, I, I do think Justin Fuente did a good job getting this team ready to go. I mean, I, I don't know what else you can say other than he did a good job in this game when 23 players and four coaches aren't there that you're yeah. expecting to have there. And he goes, and one of them's a starting defensive back. Now, that may have been injury and not contact tracing. Who knows? Um, And then, you, but you don't have him, and you don't have your starting quarterback. So... To not have two key positions, one on each side of the ball, and you go out there and just absolutely steamroll your opponent. I don't know what else you can say other than, yes, good job, Justin Fuente. Now let's hope he can keep it going.
1: I agree. Uh, The one thing I saw coming out of Hamilton missing and stuff was like, well, if he's got to stay out, you know, for two weeks or anything, let's get Bud back in here. No, if if Justin Hamilton is like, Hey, I want Bud Foster to come back because I'm running it so similar to him. And that would make sense i'll understand that but otherwise i don't think it's the greatest idea i don't i like I, uh, people t- on twitter were really saying it. i was like i don't know you got to have a transition of power here we were successful without bud foster this first game and it's got to be justin hamilton's defense it can't be bud foster's defense anymore there can be the things he learned from from but uh from bud foster all the way but we we got rid of the lunch pail we got rid of you know we're not doing a lot of that stuff anymore because you got to move on i don't see dropping back It's not like you're bringing Beamer into coaching the games. If you're Fuente, you let you're going to let one one of your other coaches. coach. So I I don't like that idea unless Justin Hamilton just comes out and says that's exactly what he wants. I then I'll I'll live with it. But I would be shocked if that's the case. And I don't think it would be wise for Fuente to allow it to be that way. I think, no, you would probably talk about it first and say, hey, exactly what Leland just said. And (laughs) maybe that's not the greatest idea.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a terrible idea. Let me tell you what Justin Hamilton's defense. And I know he wasn't the one calling it. It was the I, let the secondary coach keep pressure. being the defensive coordinator. Yeah, third down. I love seeing a blitz. <laughs> I was like third down and we're blitzing. Oh good, we're going to sack him, and and we did. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed the defense very much. I not saying that Bud Foster couldn't have put up a similar performance against NC State's no, sorry yeah. sack of offense, but uh, I don't. I for all the reasons you said, and then just. If you're trying to say this is Justin Hamilton's defense now, you don't bring the guy who used yeah. to run the defense back in. It just yep. creates a whole, short term. a whole power dynamic that if things – because if things go well against Duke and Bud Foster's defensive coordinator and then Justin Hamilton comes back against UNC, who's going to be a far superior opponent – and things start yeah. to not go well, then people to be like, "Oh, maybe you shouldn't be the
1: defensive coordinator." And
0: be like, yeah, Look, "No, just, just move no. on." No, yeah, exactly.
1: Let hey, let him be out there promoting the university and whatever he's doing, and that's great.
0: Sure, enjoy Clader um, Lake.
1: The uh, yeah, the other team that's strong in the ACC, um, I don't know if this week proved it more so. I just uh, think we're waiting for them to be tested. Is Miami, and they beat Florida State fifty-two to ten because Florida State's terrible, and that's what a decent team in the ACC should do to Florida State is beat them forty to ten. Miami put a little bit more on them than that in that rivalry game at home. Um,
0: I what scares I don't want
1: Miami to be good. I don't want Miami to be no. back. So, like, I'm, I'm just not gonna be quick to say that they're a top four team like Kirk Street did today.
0: Yeah, what scares me about Miami is they've always had the athletes; they've just never had the guy to get them the ball. Like, they've never had the quarterback that's been really, really good since like Ken Dorsey, and now they've kind of wow. got that, like. This, this King kid is up. really, really good and he's fast, yeah. which scares the daylights out of me, but, um, we'll see,
1: I mean, we play him. So I, he, he's going to face adversity at some point. I, I know he has Clemson, I think in two weeks, that's the game in two weeks for them. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that game. And then it's going to be interesting to see how it rebounds from there. Do they play UNC? If- I don't
0: think they play UNC though.
1: Does Miami not, they play, they play Clemson in two weeks is, is I I know that I don't think next week they don't even play. Um, yeah, they don't play next week. So they, their next game is in two weeks against Clemson. I, either way, if Miami performs well in that game, then I wonder how Miami rides on top. And if the quarterback performs well, how's he does with all eyes on him. Um, if they get knocked around a little bit, I wonder how they rebound from that. I mean, this quarterback was at Houston. He was supposed to be everything and everything at Houston. And he had some adversity and really fell out of the situation there. And I, I think people this year try to point at the coaching, but there's a reason they were taking him out being a captain and taking him from traveling with the team. There's a reason he transferred out of there. So I just want to see him get through adversity at Miami before I, you know, hand him the Heisman Trophy or, or you know, <laughs> anything like that. I, I, I just, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on there. I do think it's weird that his team loses on a hail mary, and, and he then he's the not punt. the cornerback any. Then he's not the quarterback anymore. So I don't know if something was said in the locker room or what. That's the only thing I could think of. Because otherwise, I'm like, I don't really understand how that's your quarterback's fault. But they do. Miami does play Joe UNC. Deck, it's I at think, the end of the season.
1: Everything's got to change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, I want to talk about Pitt's uniforms because I was watching the game the same time you were. I was getting ready to. Not be at the house watching games. I paused the TV for the Pitt Louisville game. I asked my wife, who I talked about on this podcast all the time, she knows sports, she knows these teams. I said, "Hey, look at the TV. Tell me who's playing." And she couldn't see team names or anything. I said, "Tell me who's playing," and she had to pause and look, and then look really hard and say, "Well, there's a little bit of red right there. That must be Louisville there." And I guess you see Louisville and Pitt, but she didn't, you couldn't tell which team was which, and that's because. Neither team had distinguishing marks and Pittsburgh didn't look like Pittsburgh. I mean, not not even a version of Pittsburgh, like at least when Oregon goes crazy with their uniforms, that's one of the things they're crazy and different every single week, but there's some common threads. There's a common green. There's a common yellow. There's the duck feather. Like there's some, this is some, this is Oregon's fault. I had no idea that was Pittsburgh.
0: All this is Oregon's fault. So all you people who are like, oh my gosh, I love Oregon's highlighter uniforms that would glow in the dark at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Like, that's so cool. This is your, this is your fault. If you would have just come out and been correct at the beginning and said, (laughs) those uniforms are terrible. Nike should stop. Nike would stop making these terrible uniforms for everybody. But Pat Narduzzi probably got, got locked in a closet and designed these uniforms and then they came out with those things on and just looked absolutely terrible and by the way Louisville's dead to me that team louisville is not didn't look good they're not good either they're not they didn't look good playing I, they didn't yeah. look good in their uniform i guess what not scared of louisville anymore either north carolina miami has been added to the worry scale i don't think they were yeah. there at the beginning now i'm worried about miami so they replaced louisville on my worry scale but yeah louisville is not good not scared of louisville
1: they need i wish all these teams and i said it last week Pitt still doing it. Still dunking a football on the sideline. They have a little basketball hoop. Some oh guy holding God. it up. Cincinnati's doing it now. Stop it. Just stop it.
0: Oh, uh, you kept saying Cincinnati, and I wasn't sure if it was NFL Cincinnati. I didn't think it was, but I wanted it to no, be. Oh, it was
1: the Bearcats. Come on, guys. Who
0: are they playing tonight?
1: That was my anti-Joe and his UCF, and I'm on, not on it anymore. I guess I'm just with UCF now. Just, you know, giving them the national trip trophy. So They deserve it. Uh, um, what questions you ask?
0: Uh, who were they playing?
1: Cincy. Uh, it couldn't have
0: been somebody good. I don't even know. Oh, it was Army. They beat Army. They was, oh, yeah, yeah. Army yeah. was top twenty five. Yeah, it was one of the yeah, Army was terrible. Them and Louisville, Pitt, Louisville were the only top twenty five matchups. So,
1: and I guess out of the A's, yeah, okay. Um, so then the Big Twelve, and we'll talk more about them later. We're not talking about Mike Leach. Mike Leach. What a I miss? Oh, well, let's talk about Big 12 first. Big 12, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, just Oklahoma, not the state. They lost wow. to K-State. 38-35. You pretty much called it. Um, it's not good for the Big 12 because I think Oklahoma and Texas was all they could prop up this year because it, it doesn't look like there's a lot anywhere else. And Oklahoma's out of the mix now. I mean, they're, they're, they can't make the playoff now, period. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they beat Texas. Oh, gut,
0: Leland. They're out. Oh, Leland. That is so naive. You think the AP is going to care about this loss? They lost to Kansas State last year, and Kansas State was dog crap last year.
1: Not this year. They I, don't I, care. I don't see it happening the They're not
0: going to put UCF and Cincinnati in there, because that goes against the we know this name, no, we know this conference. No.
1: They'll get Florida and Bama.
0: No. <laughs> that would be even less deserving. But no. Uh, yeah, Texas needed overtime to beat Texas Tech, who I don't think is going to be very good and Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. That's right, the same Kansas State that lost to Arkansas State the week before, who by the way, Arkansas State was missing players against Kansas State due to COVID and they haven't played since that game because of COVID. So, Kansas State, you're bad, but you're better than Oklahoma and you best believe EMA whatever, man. Every man a wildcat whatever. Every man was a wildcat rooting against Oklahoma and that stupid Spencer Rattler kid. I was so glad to see him throw a pick to cost them the game. That was
1: just. Mwah. Yeah. And we'll talk more about the big 12 later LSU. They got beat by Mississippi state, but that was an upset that a lot of people were talking about. LSU was down their best defensive player. He was in the hospital with a sickness that wasn't COVID. Uh, so he was down late in the week and out for Saturday and uh, they're missing a lot of pieces from last mm-hmm. year, co- coaches and players. Um, so a lot of people were kind of hinting that that game would be closer than the experts thought, uh, but LSU lost. And uh, Mike Leach, man, he does it. He finds these wins. He's he just like it's not like he goes to the college football playoff, but no, he just he wins won't. these individual yeah. games here and there that you just don't expect. And he's a crazy person, absolute crazy person. They recorded a video of him since that win where he's sitting on a wagon. Telling yeah. people to get on the bandwagon as band members on the wagon, yeah, jump on the bandwagon. Like he's just a crazy person. I think the caption but, for
0: that tweet said something like it's going to be a fun ride or something, and it, and it will. Let me tell you, yes, you will not be yes. bored. That's why if Mike Leach was Virginia Tech's coach, I'd be fine. Yeah, we're never going to go to the playoff. We probably won't anyway. But at least I would be entertained. Like I'm not going to be bored I with Mike. I
1: can be Leach. entertained with him somewhere else, though. I'm fine with that. I, I don't necessarily want him in Blacksburg. Yeah. I just don't always. Yeah, he's got some not great like, stuff
0: attached to him too, but yeah,
1: <laughs> he's funny and he's entertaining. I don't always like think it's like the best. Like I just like that it exists. and It's I'd, not my team.
0: I would like to know who's going to win the Royal Rumble of mascots in the ACC. I want to hear his take on it.
1: <laughs> I, I I'd love to hear his thoughts on that too. He can be somewhere else and do that. Louisville. the only last place. So he's going to Louisville he...
0: next. Louisville's going to be okay. That's Louisville's going to need a new coach after this guy gets he, exposed.
1: He's like Buzz Williams. He only lasts at places so long. Like he has to move on. So, yeah. he'll yeah he'll come to the ACC on the next. Do you think stop.
0: the boosters get tired of it? Like at first they're like, oh, it's he's he's got jokes, and they're like, oh no, he's actually like this.
1: Yeah, I think they think it's unprofessional, and I think that's kind of where I'm at too. I, just don't, <laughs> I don't want it to be my coach.
0: Boo. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, looking ahead. Uh, the ACC tech has Duke uh, uh, at four. Virginia has Clemson at eight. If you have ACC network and you have Comcast or you, if you have Comcast, you don't have ACC network. So that sucks for you. Uh, no really other standout matchups in the ACC. Um, and really only those are standout because people listening are fans of those teams. Um, NC state pit. I'd love to see NC state beat Pitt. That's that's about all I have to say to that. That's
0: never going to happen. Those losers.
1: SEC came back last week. We talked about at least one of those games, but now we start seeing some good games. Texas A&M at Alabama at 3.30 on CBS. Auburn at Georgia, uh, 7.30 on ESPN. Both of those games, very attractive games to watch. So um, I'm looking forward to some of those matchups.
0: Yeah, um, I would say Auburn and Georgia, both teams that looked a lot better in the second half and the first half of their games. So it'll be interesting to see if they can start better.
1: I, I mean, that Auburn Georgia absolutely interesting. I, you you'd assume Bama takes care of Texas A and uh, I think I prefer that because I don't like Jimbo Fisher. But uh, uh,
0: I don't. I hope Alabama loses. I want pure chaos. I want UCF and I Cincinnati. Mean, what, I just thing? want it to I be. Know. I just want it to be like everything else in twenty twenty. I just want it to be put out there and just make it so obvious what the actual thing here is. <laughs> And it's going to be that we will never let a G5 team into the playoff. I want all these top dogs to have a loss. Two loss, everybody. Yeah, everyone with like one or two losses and UCF or Cincinnati, I don't care who it is, goes undefeated and says, well, we won our conference and we went undefeated. And they're going to be like, yeah, but we don't actually like you. Oklahoma only lost two games. Yeah, one was (laughs) to Kansas State and the other one was to Kansas. But it was only two games.
1: (laughs) Big 10 they come back in 4 weeks. It'll be a countdown here cuz that'll be more good games well, on Saturday. And the Pac-12 well, Saturday. comes <laughs>
0: back for what? As is in Gs. I don't even <laughs> think they can be in the playoff. You know what? That's who they'll put in. They won't let the AAC team in. They'll pick some Pac-12, so Pac-12 team. 12. Yeah. Uh yeah. Oregon's in. We didn't we said you weren't going to be eligible, but then 2020 happened, so now you're eligible cuz we don't want these other teams in
1: moving on to the NFL, uh, the Falcons fell apart again and it was hilarious. I didn't even know who i had picked in it for our, our YAC sports pick them. But I, as soon as it started happening is that I don't care who I picked. I want the Falcons to lose this game. And they did. It was awesome.
0: I don't know how Dan Quinn keeps his job. I understand. Like I, you shared a tweet about Arthur blank and Yom Kapoor, And I didn't realize that was a thing, but,
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a thing.
0: You you yeah. could have fired him on the field. No, I knew Yom Kippur was a thing. I didn't know Arthur <laughs> Blank was Jewish. I didn't know that was a thing, that he wouldn't be able to fire somebody on Yom Kippur. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, <laughs> he could have fired him on the field. I mean, that also yeah, would he have been acceptable. It on Sunday. Yeah, he could have, after the game, after the Bears scored to take the lead, he could have just gone down on the field. I realized there was time <laughs> left, but he knew. Like, he had to know. Just, Everyone else knew. He could have just gone just down, down on the field and been like, uh, look, dude, you're done here. <laughs> I'll he coach. On the field. <laughs> yeah.
1: he, he, he has that wheelchair that he pushed Michael Vick around in that one time. Yeah. He just tells Dan Quinn to get in. He just pushes him out the door.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then his house is for sale when he gets home. And yeah, I mean, it's. There's no way that guy can keep a locker room. There's just no way. Anytime yeah. they have a big lead and the other team like scores and then gets a stop, everyone on that sideline is going to be going, oh no.
1: Yeah. And he's the defensive coordinator. Like he came in because he's the. Hot stuff, defensive coach from Seattle. Oh man! They can't stop anybody in the fourth quarter. Patriots beat Raiders. I mentioned it because Cam looks solid. Yeah, I, yeah, I Patriots think Patriots
0: are good. They might I win the division. The Buc- <laughs> and,
1: and the Bucks won. And, and Tom Brady's okay down there. I think they're both somewhat successful apart from each other. But, but I'd say the Pats look. I have more faith in the Patriots right now.
0: Yeah, I do too. The Buccaneers beat a bad Broncos team.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eagles and Bengals tied.
0: I want this. I'm serious. I want the NFL to change the rule. If two teams tie, then both teams get a loss. You need to punish teams for time, because what Doug Peterson did at the end of that game should get the Philadelphia Eagles kicked out of the NFL. Punning on 4th and 12 with 19 seconds...
1: Ever since he decided to take his quarterback off the field and punt with 19 seconds and not even give his team a chance to win and play for the tie, he, been he about said how hard he regrets the work. decision? Oh, and that's what a bull honky
0: goof! No, you don't. You just regret that you're getting burned on social yes. media for it, and that, that, you, that you that you forgot for, for a split too. second that you coach in Philly. And if there were fans in that stadium, he better be glad there's a pandemic because if there had been fans in that stadium, he wouldn't have left.
1: Yeah, we it's talked about.
0: Arthur Blake walking on the field and firing Dan Quinn, the Eagles fans would have walked down on the field and set him on fire. They wouldn't have fired him. They would have literally set him on fire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a strange decision. Uh, Cardinals, who I was getting some faith in, they lost to the line. So NFL will have that, though. You have those weird (laughs) losses. But I just, I was disappointed with that loss. Murray had moments, but overall didn't look good. But hey, Patrick Mahomes had that that a week ago against the Chargers. So maybe not read too much into that, but still kind of strange.
0: Yeah, that was the save map Patricia's job game. That'll save him (laughs) for like four more weeks, maybe.
1: Packers beat Saints. You could see that coming. Breeze didn't look as bad. Breeze Breeze looked a bit better, and it was a battle of a game.
0: Yeah, I didn't stay up to watch it. Um,
1: They battled, but I mean, I saw it was a
0: close score. I saw Kamar's big play, and. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is really good. So the Packers are gonna yeah. be really good.
1: He's on that Scorch the Earth tour and I mean they're scoring a lot of points luck. each one of these first. Good luck
0: weeks. uh Chicago Bears, because that's the only team that looks like they might be able to put up a fight against that. And What's- I gotta be honest, I I've texted you I think last week was the first week. I, the first two weeks I texted you about how good yeah. the Bears look. And I love their uniforms, even though they're the most basic uniforms, they just look good. Um and they like won. Blue and look good and orange what disturbs me. Look good, play good. Um but they are the fakest 3 and 0 team I think I've ever seen. Yes. Oh yes. my god, they are the luckiest 3 and 0 team.
1: They're the luckiest 3 and 0 team and Houston is the least lucky 3 and uh, 3 team as they played the Steelers this week.
0: Steelers oh, went 3 and 0.
1: Texans played the Chiefs, the Ravens and the Steelers.
0: Yeah, but they're done. You don't go 0 and 3.
1: I think they might be. I I it's a shame, but I think they might be
0: win a game if if they are worthy of a playoff spot they they would have won one of those games particularly the last one that they was a game the they had 0- the lead and they, at certain points in the game and they should have won the other two they were behind yeah. early and just kind of stayed behind
1: Texans play the oh and three Vikings this week so that's an opportunity for them to get that first win and head in the right direction but it's it's gonna be tough and I mean it's gonna be tough because that division has the Titans in it and um,
0: they have the Jags yeah, who I know up. are one and two but gotta be honest i think the Jags are better i think Minshew minshu can probably work his magic to get a win maybe
1: the football team played they lost to the browns browns were searching for a win there um and they got it uh they get the ravens next week which the ravens are playing while we record here against the chiefs and uh we we, we weren't planning on recording hey it's 27 fourth quarter so uh we need to wrap this up so we can watch the end of that game That's but cool. uh we're not gonna ravens Ravens will be coming off this Chiefs game and they'll be playing the football team. I mean, that should just be Ravens walk around and handle that team.
0: Yeah, and we can talk about the Ravens because we're not going to win this game. But um, I, I just want to say, like, I, I said, I can't remember if it was said on this podcast. I believe I did where I where I hope we fall behind two scores because I want to see if we can come back. And
1: you said it here. The I answer thought is you were crazy.
0: Yeah, the answer is no, we can't. And that's fine. I just want to learn it now. Lamar Jackson, and I texted this to you, elite, or no, I commented on Facebook. I can't, too many forms of communication going on tonight. But he is an elite NFL player, but he is a front runner. If he falls behind, he is neutralized completely. Because if you say, okay, Lamar, we actually need you to throw the ball down the field because we need to score quickly. He can't do it. So that's why, even though, It's only a seven-point game. We just made it a seven-point game, so we're going to be kicking it back off to the Chiefs with 14.55. Patrick Mahomes hasn't scored yet in the second half, so color me surprised. Uh, I I think he's going to score on this drive. You're not going to shut him out for an entire half. So then you're back down two scores. Hey, Lamar, can you score quickly? No? Okay. Well, then we're going to be kind of in a problem.
1: Let's let's leave this here because and, and see uh, by the time we get done recording what's going on there. Okay. and uh, we're going to comment lose. further,
0: but yeah, we lose. That's what happens.
1: You're in a battle though with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs look really good. I mean, really good. Um, our Pick'em keeps going. If you are late to trying to join the Pick'em, still join it. You can still be part of the discussion every week. You might not win the overall title, but if you start winning week after week, even though you're late, you're going to get some credit. Yeah. So uh, let us know. Contact us through Twitter, Facebook, or email. Uh, we say those at the end of the podcast at Yak Sports Pod. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll get you in there uh, next week. The big games. I'd mentioned that Texas Vikings. It's two and zero and three teams, but whoever loses that game is absolutely done. And those two teams we we're talked about as division winners. You know, potential division winners around the league. Uh, New England plays Kansas City. That's an interesting matchup. Uh, could be three and zero Kansas City versus two and one New England. With New England's only loss coming uh, over at the Seahawks. So that could be a big game. Kind of Cam's first chance to up against a really good team. Man, not first. I mean, he did all right against the Chief, uh, the Seahawks. But uh, it'll be interesting to, get to see Cam against Kansas City and, and what they got. And then, yeah, the Monday Night Football game. Uh, I was trying to say this earlier, but, yeah, Atlanta, you're 0-3. Look what you get. You get Green Bay, who's scoring 35-plus every game. So they're going to be 0-4. Yeah. They, they probably and won't have to blow that game. they can probably just lose it in the first half.
0: They're done. That's where you fire Dan Quinn. Maybe that's what Arthur Blank is doing. Maybe he doesn't want to bring a new coach in to get sacrificed by Green Bay. He's going to let Dan Quinn go in.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: and this time he won't have to blow the lead. He'll just get killed in the beginning, like you said, and then they'll fire him there.
1: Yeah, if he gets killed in the first half, Arthur Blank will have time to get down to the field in the second half. We won't have to feel rushed. can fire him professionally. That's good. Right on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have Carolina next week. Atlanta does. I, I think that's an easier week to go into. I don't think they wait till their bye week and we. 10 or whatever it is before they fire this guy right all right quickly going over the baseball uh or at least what's happened and then we'll talk about what's about to happen the Orioles finished 25 and 35 we saw it coming quick comment
0: yeah this this year was a great year for Orioles baseball we we stayed in it for a long time we didn't have the team yeah we didn't have the team (laughs) to get it done so we ended up falling apart there at the end but we get a high draft pick i think right now uh, jeff basson said if they do it by 2020 record that's the other weird thing i don't know how major league baseball did this we have gone into a year where we changed the playoff format like the day before opening day and we still major league baseball still hasn't said how they're determining the draft order so
1: well i have to think my 19 and 41 or whatever they were yeah pirates have to be well, looking not pretty nine, in that <laughs> yeah
0: 19 they were the 41. absolute worst or yeah I, I don't know how many games you guys played you might not have played at 60 but yeah um, somewhere in there yeah the orioles uh great season uh, the young guys looked good we had some young guys look good so very very positive step in
1: the right direction i don't know if pay, the pirates had much positive this year no. it was pretty negative but uh hopefully a uh, high draft pick and maybe get back on track next year so to- competing for like one of those wild card spots. That's what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. I want to get to at least back to that. I don't like being the bottom. Nats really fell off after the world series. Mm -hmm. I I believe we're going to be talking about them more later. Mm -hmm. Uh, So look, we got the playoffs coming. It's Mm -hmm. starting. We have all kinds of teams in this thing. So Joe out of these first round matchups, the AL, we have Tampa Bay versus the blue Jays. Mm -hmm. We have Cleveland versus the Yankees. We have twins versus Houston. We have the A's versus the Sox. Do you have any upsets on the AL side of things
0: on the AL side? Yes.
1: Yeah. I gonna
0: t- I'm going to take the White Sox, um, even though I'm a little concerned about their pitching depth and the rotation They
1: struggled down the stretch here.
0: They did. Um, but the A's, I think I think it would literally break the planet. If the A's win a playoff series, so <laughs> I—that's I, why I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox just to continue. Because even in 2020, some things have to still be normal. Wyatt Teller has to make boneheaded penalties that cost his team valuable yards <laughs> on drives, and the Oakland Athletics have to lose in the playoffs.
1: So in the AL, you have an upset of the Sox. I'm root- A's is probably the team I'm rooting for the most out of the AL, just because mm. I have some old family ties there. I like Moneyball movie. Uh, I'm rooting for the A's, but it wouldn't shock me if they got knocked off. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. In the NL side of things, you got Dodgers, Brewers, Padres, Cardinals, Cubs, Marlins, Atlanta Braves against the Cincinnati Reds. Joe, I have, and I'm returning some of my old fandom roots here, Mm -hmm. but the Marlins have been playing good lately. The Cubs haven't. The Cubs took some losses to Pittsburgh late in the season. That's not a good thing. I had the Marlins being the upset team there on the NL side in that first round.
0: And you're right, because the Marlins pitching staff is built for a three-game series, especially. I like them to beat the Cubs, and then they're going to play the Braves, and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about what happens next week after that, and maybe kind of go into our picks from there, because we'll back down to a a familiar number of playoff teams left. It's kind of nice, these playoffs. It's just like each week, you knock out a round of the playoffs. It's kind of cool. Something that's weird, I don't know if we talked about this, in the ALDS and the ALCS, actually all three of these rounds you're playing consecutive days you're not going to have the off days that you're used to having they're being all played at same sites you're not traveling any and not until the world series will there be any off days in between games uh so the pitching staff is even more important than ever in these playoffs so if you're making picks on these playoffs look at the pitching staffs first um that's gonna be a huge advantage mm-hmm. um any other upsets over there
0: no, those are the only two upsets I have. I, I like I the just, uh, I like the Rays. I like the Indians. I like the twins.
1: I and hate then, that the Padres, if the Padres and Dodgers advance from their high seeds, that they face each other in this in that second round there. I wish I wish the Padres didn't have to face the one seed that they couldn't kind of get over the hump in their division all year. I wish that could wait till the NLCS. It's not gonna. Um, so I, I just I'm, I'm rooting for the Padres the most over on that side.
0: Yeah, whatever. I whatever. I gotta be honest. For me, it's just not the Yankees. I would like the Astros to not win, but definitely not the Yankees. I also don't want to really see the Blue Jays win because I would they're Canadian. Say
1: Houston, Houston is quite elevated to close to a Yankee spot. I do hate the Yankees more traditionally, so I, I'm sure I hate them more now. Um, yeah, anybody the Yankees is just default baseball rooting interest for for me. So I, I agree. All right. NBA playoffs and we're to the finals. We have Lakers and heat and give me a minute to give respect to a guy that I probably don't give much respect to previously in my life. Pat Riley started coaching for the Lakers and he went to four finals in his first seven years as coach. or, and he was in the finals. Each of the first four years, he won the middle two. He was an absolutely great coach for the Lakers. Then he moved on to the Knicks, and he just faced the Bulls and really battled there. He still found a way to get to the finals one year when Michael Jordan was gone. And then he moved on to Miami, and he kind of had it down for a little bit while he was coaching. He kinda, and he still stepped away from coaching and tried to be a GM. He had to step in for Stan Van Gundy and coach that 5 06 team. They got instantly better when he became the coach. They won the finals. They had a young D. Wade. They had Shaq. They had some other pieces there. Won a, won a title there. Then he stepped away from coaching again a couple years later. Spolster comes in and all this pressure about, well, Pat Riley's just not going to let sit back and let this film guy coach this team. And then here comes, he's talked to LeBron and D Wade to stay LeBron to come Chris Bosh to come great moves as a GM gets them. There goes to four straight finals, wins the middle two. And now he dropped back again, never, never threw it all away. Never did what the Astros or the Orioles did that, that can work. He's always tried to stay competitive, always tried to add pieces, never had better than the 10th draft pick, uh, from what they earned there, um, since then. And he's built back a winner with Jimmy Butler, who everybody says couldn't win at all these other teams. He was the problem. Philadelphia couldn't win. He was the problem. Uh, Minnesota couldn't win. Iguadala. He has Bam there. He has Dragic. He has the hero kid who's a rookie who's playing great. Again, Pat Riley has put together a winner in Miami. And I finally have to throw my hands up because I really have never done this before. Pat Riley is a heck of a basketball guy. He's a great coach and a great GM, whatever he does, he succeeds at it. And he's never been a guy I root for. He's not my guy. I've always been on the other side of that. I'm not a Laker fan. I didn't like him when he was at the Lakers. Wasn't as aware of it. Then I was not a Knicks guy. Never will be a Knicks guy. Didn't like him there. And I've never really been a heat guy. I, I probably did pull for the heat a little bit when LeBron force went down there. I'm one of the few that like would admit that, but I, I did. I have never been a Pat Riley guy. And now Pat Riley and LeBron apparently have a feud with each other. I don't care. Pat Riley is impressive in what he's done and they might just win this thing. You never know what's going to happen with the season this year. You never would have put them in this spot coming out of the five seed. You don't know what's going to happen here. A lot of, I don't know. I'm, I'm impressed with Pat Riley. It's the first time I've ever said it. So I just wanted to take two minutes and just go through what his resume is and how impressive that is. Cause I, I know Phil Jackson's won a bunch of titles, but we're going back to Celtics era before you start, start getting somebody else that has a more impressive resume than what Pat Riley's done at three different teams, two in particular.
0: They keep talking about this on Levitard, and I know you don't listen to it. No, um, oh,
1: they talk about Pat Riley, so I'm stealing this from Levitard. That's great.
0: No, but <laughs> you, said, you mentioned his coaching and his GM. What you didn't mention was his playing career, where he also played in NBA Finals in the 70s. So he has been in an NBA Finals in some capacity as a player, coach, or GM over six different decades in wow, the 70s really 80s cool. yeah. 90s the 2000s the 2010s and he played now the 2020 knicks, right played for the san diego rockets i just looked it up just got drafted by the san diego rockets and then he got traded to the lakers and then the suns
1: okay i thought he was with the name that was phil jackson he played for the for the knicks okay but yeah no it's impressive it's impressive good yeah. for him i mean i don't I, he's not my guy but good for him like he's doing it
0: yeah he is and but what um, do you want Good for him. Like you said, good for him. And yeah, this was my dark horse team, but I'll be the first you one to tell you. you I'll it. be the first yep. one to tell you it's over now. They're not. <laughs> the Lakers will win in five.
1: In five. I could see it going deeper than that.
0: Mm-mm. I hope it does. I hope the heat win. Cause I don't I want the Celtics Lakers to win. I don't want the Lakers to win. I don't want LeBron to win. Yeah. Because LeBron wins in a way that I just, I hate. His Cleveland title was whatever, but this title would be cheap. I mean, you basically bullied the Pelicans into giving them giving you their best player for nothing so i I don't want them to win just on that principle, and it would be it great it Golden would be State great
1: getting Durant
0: well, I mean most of their players were drafted, and Kevin Durant basically quit on his team. Yeah. But yeah, I put that more on KD the rest than of the Laker Warriors. Players
1: are nobodies.
0: Yeah, I put that more on
1: Rondo KD. at the back end.
0: Whatever. But um, yeah, I just I would love for the Heat to win because then it's like team basketball beating. That's
1: what Toronto was superstar. last year. Superstar.
0: Yeah, I I just don't think it's gonna happen this year.
1: I thought the Celtics were gonna beat the Heat, and then we'd have a lot, another lakers celtics finals which would have been nuts to me too like how how often that's happened but this has a lot of good storylines with pat pat riley has the history with both uh lebron has played with both and uh him and pat riley don't get along lebron's 10th final appearance that's a lot of finals i think it's only like bill russell and one other person has more finals appearances so okay uh he only has the three wins so far he's trying to get the fourth um if he can get mvp and the win he can do that with three different teams which no one's ever done before, okay? Um neither team were in the playoffs last year. Um and for a league that is so predictable, year in, year out, you just can kind of name the last four pretty easily. Between last year and this year, and this year especially, it's been unpredictable, so that's been fun. And the fact that Miami's the 5 seed out of the East, I mean that they beat the 4 seed Pacers, they beat the 1 seed Bucks, and they beat the 3 seed Celtics, can they beat another 1 seed? So A lot of storylines there for the finals. They start Wednesday. They go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then we'll talk to you again. But um, it'll be interesting to see where they sit next week, three games in. All right, let's get out of this, and let's get to the B block.
0: So joining us on the Yak Sports Podcast again is Mike Cerrone. From the DC crossover podcast, it's Mike's third appearance with us here on the Yak Sports podcast. And Mike, first off, thanks for joining us. And let's start off by talking about your defending World Series champion Washington Nationals, kind of uh, in a pandemic-shortened season, injuries and COVID outbreaks, and things just didn't go the Nats' way early. And uh, I know we were talking about it before, and you kind of said you just felt like they threw in the the white towel. But I kind of want to ask you about the Mike Rizzo situation. He gets an extension, it's just called a multi-year extension, and then Davey Martinez has an extension, but they won't talk about how many years that extension is. So it's kind of kind of a weird nebulous there but with those guys. And uh, with, where they win a World Series two years ago, but now it's like maybe they're going to have a job long-term and maybe they won't.
2: Well, first of all, let me you know, say thank you for having me on for the third time. That's three more than any other podcast has let me on. <laughs> um, so uh, first and foremost, I, I have to say that when it comes down to it, the Nats winning in 2019, you know, this whole entire shortened season, I've told Ben, uh, my, my co-host for the DC crossover uh, so many times that like, I'm just so out of this season. Like I started watching the first week and even when we had our kind of like pre-season, you know, episode or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're taking a little hiatus now, um, FYI, but uh, you know, we tried to do that for a little bit. And we, we, just, we were like so pumped for the season, but then they started backing it up and they did this and they did that and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they were canceling sports left and right. And we were just like, this is like not even fun. Like this is not even like a season to remember because I remember Ben saying it personally. He said that no matter who wins this season, like if the Nats or the Tigers, because he's a huge Tigers guy, too, if the Nats or the Tigers won, he would take it no matter what. But anybody who wins, he said it has to be an asterisk because it's like literally 60 games. So the biggest thing when it comes down before I get to the Mike Rizzo and and Martinez situation, the biggest thing and the outlook for this season is I'm just like not even counting it because you know yeah, they're eight games below 500 and all that kind of stuff, but they won the World Series last year and they had a chance to come back and they did. And then when you're looking at it this whole entire season, uh, I don't even want to call it a season, this whole entire you know, backyard baseball season. I don't know what you want to call it, um, but, uh, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just kind of useless because like I said, I think that they are in like the Rocky movie where Apollo Cree, I think it was Rocky four when Apollo Cree was in their fight and he was like, don't you do it. You know, like, don't you stop this fight. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was my Carl Weathers That's impression. Good. It was really good. <laughs> and, uh, and rocky just kept trying to throw it and the, and the wife is like throwing the towel what are you doing like, oh, a, um, and i don't know how this is coming a comedy skit now um but uh you know all that situation i felt like rizzo was just like you know what he was rocky just ready to throw in the towel but then like Davey's like oh one game at a time want to know every day like it's like all right guys you know let's be honest one and to every day that's that's a quarter of the season um you know for that one to know so or oh and one i should say because they had a, a lot of losses um but um You know, just looking at the Davey Martinez thing and the Mike Rizzo situation where they're not, you know, announcing years and all this kind of stuff, the learners have always been like that. The learners, they don't like announcing certain things unless it's like a huge contract, but, you know, with the whole entire Bryce Harper situation, they're like, oh, we offered him this much money, you know, this, 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 this. So they said a lot of things because it was, it sounded like a lot of money, but I think with the Rizzo spot. Yeah, they might have gave him an extension and stuff like that, but it probably didn't, you know, make a huge splash. Like, maybe Rizzo was just happy to have that extension and say, like, I got more job security because, obviously, to be a GM or a team president in the the major leagues is a very hard job to come by, even though I'm sure another team would pick him up. But at the same time, it's like, you know, maybe he was just content with the money situation. Now, I don't know exactly how much money it was, the years, obviously, like you said, um, but – you can't really count this season. I mean, this season was just nothing. I mean, literally I wasn't excited for it. They didn't have any fans there. You know, Strasburg was out, you know, after like a week, it felt like Juan Soto got, you know, a, 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 a Was it positive negative? Is that what they say it or something like that? Whatever. Yeah. it's Yeah. Uh, false positive, uh, you know, test, as they said, and, um, and he was out for the first seven games. And, you know, it's just like when you have your best player, MVP caliber player, you know, out for the first seven games of a short season. I mean, literally, I don't know what the math is there, but seven divided by sixty—that's a lot of games, <laughs> you know—to not have your best player pretty much on the field. So I don't know. This whole entire season is just kind of a wash to me. Uh, they, they didn't make the playoffs. Great, who cares? I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, Ben told me he's like, "Man, the good thing is I'm working from home tomorrow and I get to watch all these baseball games." And I said, "Who cares?" <laughs> like I didn't—I don't even care. Like the NBA Finals, yeah, it's fun to watch and whatever. And I did watch some of the Stars games uh, for the NHL because my buddy's a Stars fan. Um, and I don't like the lightning either. Uh, but it's like the whole entire sports outlook right now is just horrific. Even the football. I love watching football. I've been watching football, uh, the past three weeks, but just looking at this whole entire thing, I don't even care about the Nats right now. I mean, I'm just waiting for next season because going into that and you might have another question for me. So I'll try to keep this one short, (laughs) um, which is hard for me. Um, when, when you, when you look at the Nats going into next season, now you might, are you going to ask me about next season?
1: I was like, we were going to ask about some high points or something you can carry yeah, forward. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah. Why don't, why don't yeah. you
2: ask it? Maybe, maybe I'll let you talk for once.
1: Hey, Saron, you got any high points out of this uh, year, out of this throwaway year?
2: You know, it's a great question. there, been, <laughs> um, So uh, looking at it, uh, the high points, I, I, I think it's another year of, you know, another 60 games of progression for some of these guys, I have to say. And also I saw an article just today by NBC sports that said, some of the guys that are probably not going to be back with the Nats, uh, Adam Eaton, who was a huge part of the World Series run last year, um, he has a $10 million option, which I think is, you know, a no-go situation, which they've already kind of hinted towards he's not going to be back. I mean, he's he's turning, I think, 34 years old or something like that, uh, mid-30s, and a $10 million option is not the way to go for this situation. I think that it's, you know, say thanks for your time, buddy, you're a huge part of the World Series run, You know you know, kick rocks. Um, thank you for kick rocks because um, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get that $10 million. I'm sorry. I mean, that $10 million can go out to a, another free agent, uh, bat or something of that nature. Um, because now you're talking about Andrew Stevenson, uh, and Michael Taylor, they're saying Michael Taylor, that might be his last game with the Nats. Um, you know, Michael Taylor's, you know, he, he couldn't hit a broadside of a barn with his bat half the time he was with the Nats. But at the same time, he did have some good at bats, you know, in the, in, against the Cubs, uh, in the playoffs and different things of that nature. Um, but, you know, that's just not consistent enough uh, to keep up with his defense because he's probably one of the top five outfielding defensemen in the entire league, but he, does, he can't start because he doesn't have a good bat. And in the National League, when you have to bat a pitcher, you can't slot him down there in the nine position like you usually would in the AL. Um, but, uh, you know, for what he's probably going to be asking for, it's probably not worth it. And what they're talking about is Andrew Stevenson, who I always thought was just kind of a jag of just a guy. Um, and uh, that's the biggest thing is – he actually, the last two seasons, he's had some good stats, which is actually shocking um, because he has a noodle arm, in my opinion. Uh, I think his arm is just like Ryan Zimmerman. I don't think he can throw that far or hard or anything with any velocity. Um, probably far, farther and harder than I can. But, you know, for a major league baseball player, you know, you have to think about it and say, if you're going to be playing outfield, you got to be able to throw someone out at home or even second, uh, which I saw him multiple times not do at second. But just looking at it, I think if he can keep batting that way and bat lower in the order – and possibly move to left field and have Juan Soto maybe move to right field because that's obviously a position that you need a a, a bigger arm to throw people out at third and at home. Uh, I think that might uh, be a possibility. But a lot of these guys, you know, we have a young core. Hopefully Carter Keboom can get off the pine for once and actually start hitting in the major leagues rather than AAA. Um, That would be a positive. But I just think, you know, Luis Garcia had a lot of time, which was a huge deal. Stevenson got more at-bats. Juan Soto just looked like a, a beast as always. And uh, some of the other guys um, that were uh, just progressing, like Victor Robles, getting more of a bats under their belt and uh, just kind of progressing. And I think we got a good young core, uh, but now they got to really start focusing on that pitching because the starting pitching, Scherzer, is, uh, is, is just getting too old. I mean, he's, he's pitching great, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he's he doesn't have the zip on that fastball and stuff like that that he that he used to going into the eighth ninth innings and all that stuff. So um, I'm hoping this is my kind of preview. I'm hoping that Jackson Rutledge uh, can make a stand uh, coming into the next season. Possibly he can not maybe not you know start the season, but maybe halfway through. I don't believe uh, I've heard anything about him. But he was a high pick a couple of years ago. So I'm hoping that he can make something happen. But who the, who the who the hell knows? Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about this season. I barely even watched it because it's it so depressing.
0: So moving to football, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of depressing, maybe moving to football, the Washington football team now one and two, um, kind of a bumpy road after the opening win against the Eagles. Good news. You are still tied for the division lead ah, in, in that division that is <laughs> is a tire fire. But um, what is – I? I feel kind of bad for Haskins because – Full disclosure, when he was drafted, I didn't know how good of a draft pick that was. I didn't think he would translate well to the NFL. But in all fairness, his offensive line isn't great. He's under a new head coach. And this head coach has been with the team and not with the team due to his own personal health. And then, of course, you factor in the pandemic and everything that's crazy. And it does feel like fans are starting to turn on Haskins when you kind of have to be like, how fair is it? To Trona Haskins, when you look at what is around him on the offensive side of the ball, and the answer is not much.
2: Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is the offensive line, like you mentioned, because Brandon Sheriff got hurt. Um, I believe it was week number two. I don't think, yeah, he yeah, didn't play last, last game. Yeah, and uh, that's the biggest thing is you know he's our best offensive lineman. I don't care what anyone says about Morgan Moses. Yeah, uh, I don't trust Morgan Moses to save my life. <laughs> um, but at the same time, when you're looking at uh, you know Brandon Sheriff being hurt, that was a big deal. Then you got West Martin, who was coming, you know, from the draft a few years ago, and um, Sadiq, Char- Sadiq Charles is supposed to be, you know, possibly our starting left tackle, and now he's been hurt. So I mean, you're just throwing a bunch of jabronis in there half the time, and you know, the offensive line is just collapsing left and right, left and right, left and right, and it's just like, what are we doing here? I mean, it's like you're trying to see what Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins has. The problem is, is if the guy gets, you know. 1.75 seconds before someone blows up west martin martin or chase rouye even though chase rouye is not a terrible center you know someone blows him up and then they're in his face and he has to move again and all that kind of stuff we don't have the wide receiving core like a like an arizona or like anybody uh you know like like the cowboys for instance they don't have the wide receiving core to make up for those type of situations because Terry McLaurin can only do so many crossing routes before he gets blown up by, you know, a Vontez Perfect or something like that, you know, type of player. You know, some dirty player is going to come up there and end his career somehow uh, or some, some some crazy thing. So you can't do make him do crossing routes every single time because someone's going to come up there and say, lay this guy out so he does not keep doing this. And, you know, he doesn't have enough time to do post routes. no There's no uh, up and goes, anything like that. Where he can he can throw the ball deep, so he has to keep doing these short arm passes, and that's the problem. As you see in some of these guys that are on our team, that are uh, you know, if you look at the stats, for instance, number one, I think the biggest loss was Kelvin Harmon uh, uh, in the off season. Kelvin Harmon was a beast for NC State, uh, you know, catching everything left and right. You saw him in the Jugs machine in the off season, and you're just looking at uh, at how he was going to impact this game. He was going to be that slot guy that can go in there and be the possession receiver we needed but that didn't happen obviously because now if you're looking at our team and obviously you know I'll, joe i've mentioned this to you a bunch of times logan thomas i you know i will give him props because he actually has done some decent things for the redskins this season i did hear someone on the radio say oh, i think we should do some uh, you know some trick plays with uh, logan thomas being quarterback i was like uh, no please <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I will pass on that. He's, I mean, he, he'll, he'll throw it to the other team before he throws it to us. I mean, that guy's the most inaccurate person I've ever seen in my life. Um but uh, You missed kind of, Grant
1: Knoll at Virginia
2: Tech. So. Yeah, it, it was kind of it's <laughs> kind of funny because you see, because I always said Tyrod Taylor was probably one of the most accurate college quarterbacks I've ever seen because that guy was just so pinpoint. Even though he wasn't throwing deep every single play, he was so pinpoint with all of his passes. But then you go from like Tyrod, and then, like a few years later, you go to Logan Thomas, who was probably one of the most inaccurate passers <laughs> of all time in in college football history. It was just ridiculous. And wh- you go, you can probably go back to the stats. and He's probably one of the best quarterbacks ever. But uh, at the same time, I don't, I don't believe. <laughs> So, but I have to say, Logan Thomas has done a couple things, but you're just looking at the receiving core. I mean, just look at the receivers who actually have a catch. I mean, it's ridiculous. Isaiah Wright, who actually is one of the bright spots from this past week, that guy was a beast this week. I mean, I don't care. He only got four catches 24 yards, but I saw his name being called so many times. Dwayne Haskins throws a pick and he comes up and blows the guy up. I mean, literally that's like, that's a football player right there. He actually wants to be on this team and make a difference. And I think after this first game, he started, you know, four catches, 24 yards, not a lot of yards, but he did get a couple first downs and he did blow up that, uh, the interception, which was actually pretty nice. Um, then you got Steven Sims. Steven Sims is more like a number three for any team. Uh, Dontrell Inman. I, he's been on like 17 teams and in like two years, I don't understand how that guy's still playing. Um, but then you see Terry McLaurin and, and thank God I have on my fantasy team because the fantasy team is just dropping the, dropping the ball, uh, last couple weeks weeks, my running backs. But I mean, that's the issue is that we just don't have the receivers to make up for the, the line, uh, non-production, I should say. So it's, it's just, that's just a problem because I'm seeing, like you said, a lot of people give up on Haskins and just like, just say, oh yeah, you know, I'm kind of out on him. Let's put, you know, Kyle Allen in and go draft somebody. It's like, we played three games. The guys played like eight total games and he has no offensive line. Last year they had bright spots. You know why? Cause you had Trent Williams that was, that was, that was, uh, you know, there as well, helping out uh, and stuff like that. So it's just like, you're looking at certain situations and saying, okay, he has no offensive line. But that's another thing. I have people like messaging me during, during Sundays and saying, okay, you know, twin Haskins, you know, I'm just so out on him. And then I say like, well, the offensive line has been blown up four times in the last five plays. And they're like, actually, you make a good point. And I'm like, yeah. Why don't you look at something other than, oh, he can't throw in the, yeah. in the in, in, within a, within a second. I mean, literally, he gets he gets the ball, and he already has a guy draped all over him. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. But I don't know. It's just the offensive line, like you said, is is just pitiful. And I think that's definitely a big, big top two need in the draft this coming year.
1: So in the offseason, obviously the team had plenty of. Uh, they were in the in front of the press a lot. Uh, whether they're talking about changing the team name, which they have uh, moved moved away from their previous name and uh, I guess yet to name a permanent name. Uh, they have the new head coach. He has a sickness. And then there's obviously the stuff in the front office, uh, the, you know, the bad stuff that, that's occurred. Uh, just hit on whatever you have the most <laughs> feelings about in there. You don't, you don't have to hit all those. But, you know, wh- where are you with the off-season drama and, and how much do you think it's impacted this season?
2: Well, I mean, that's the biggest thing is that yes, we've been in the news a lot. I think the best thing Snyder could have done was pretty much blow up the entire front office and just get rid of everybody, um, because then you don't have any lingering issues. Because say, uh, for instance, Larry Michael. Say, say somehow he was still on the radio, people would sit there and say, "Oh, I don't know if Larry Michael." Like then, oh, these people are protesting out here about Larry Michael. So, uh, when they blew up the team that, or blew up the front office, let's say that actually made a huge difference. And I was actually shocked when all that stuff came out. And, um, you know, I just think that the culture change has been an immense, immense improvement because there's no way in in, in this, this God's green earth that we would have come back against the Eagles in week one. If Jay Gruden was still the the coach, there's, there's (laughs) no chance, zero chance. And that's not a slight against Jay Gruden. That's a slight because if you look at last year's team and you compare it to this year's team, OK, some improvements, some, you know, non-improvements or whatever. But there's no way that we would have come back from 17 points down. I mean, I, I was like, wow, this is getting kind of out of hand a little bit on week one. And then all of a sudden you, you, you see it's like, oh, OK, 17 to 7. OK, halftime, you know, they're looking pretty good. And all of a sudden they come back and it's just like, how in the world did we just do that against a Super Bowl winning you know, coach, Doug Peterson, and a, a team that has, uh, I mean, they're going to always complain about the stupid injuries. Like the Redskins have had, or excuse me, Washington football team, has had injuries literally for the past six years. I mean, let's be honest here, even though we still suck. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we're not going to sit there and complain every single week like the the Eagles have over the first three weeks about every single injury they have. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not – I mean, the name change, whatever. Don't really care about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I still, I'll still i still do a hashtag, HTTR, just because I want to, and it's a free country. Um, but, you know, it's not really, you know, it's not really trending anymore because not a lot of people are doing it but uh, I'm still going to do it for the, for the homers out there. But it's just, when you, when you look at it, it's just like, you know, they're going to come up with a name, you know, they blew up the front office, Ron is changing the culture. And so far we're seeing some dividends being, being in play um, with how this team is playing, how they're playing for him. Obviously, like you said, with the sickness, um, you know, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins in the first week came out at halftime, did that whole entire emotional speech while Ron Rivera was getting an IV. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge difference than we saw for the last three years or so, or however many years you want to say. So I'm, I'm not really, you know, one to speak on all the, the issues and all that kind of stuff with the front office, because obviously that stuff's going to come out just like every other thing. I mean, obviously Joe knows about the whole entire Ray Rice thing and how that like took forever to be solved and all this kind of stuff when, Oh, we saw some video, but is he going to get charged? Is it all, like all this kind of, like all this different stuff that you never know what's going to happen. So, um, you know, I'm not really looking at the front office stuff. I'm just ready to watch football, and that's what I've been doing. And you know, some people are some people are against you know watching the NFL with all the taking knees and all the what they stand for and all this kind of stuff. I, I put everything aside because I just want to watch sports. I just want to watch football. Like I don't care if they're standing. I don't care. I mean, I, obviously, I can disagree with it. You know, I would rather you stand and put your hand over your heart like everybody else and salute the flag or whatever you want to do. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm, I'm there to watch football. And it's just like I'm, watch, I'm there to watch the game, I'm not there to watch polit- politics, I'm not there to, to to talk about if this person did this or if this person did that. I'm there to watch football, and so far the first three weeks it's, it hasn't been yeah. hasn't been too great, but at the same it's, time it's it's been okay.
1: But also the, the whole politics aspects kind of stayed out of the way these first couple weeks. I feel like I mean a lot of the it's just there hadn't been a bit a lot of rumble about that anyway. So it's it's I right. think been good for everybody.
2: Well, I think also when they said they're going to play the. Um, I don't know what they're calling it the black national anthem or the African-American national anthem. I don't know exactly what they're going to call it or what they are calling it, but they haven't even shown that on TV from what I've seen. I don't know about you guys. if you have seen that? I've only seen like the national anthem and sometimes I haven't even seen that before either. Um, so I think they're, uh, they're seeing a lot of blowback from that kind of stuff. So I think they're trying to stray away from that for, I think at least it's TV side um, because I think that they're getting a lot of blowback on social media and different things of that nature um, but like I said, I I just keep my own viewpoints to myself because yeah. I want to I want I want to sit there and watch football. Like if you yeah. want to do that national anthem or do this national anthem or you know whatever, sing happy birthday. I don't care as long as yeah. as long as you're going to sit there and play some football and you know do what you're getting paid for and, and and give us some entertainment. Then I'm I'm all there for it.
0: So speaking of the new name and whatever that might be, mm-hmm. do you have a preference of the options that have been floated? I know I'm partial to Red Wolves. I don't know how you feel. Oh, the
1: the, the Axe sorts podcast is officially... Yeah, a, we are Red, the, podcast. Red Wolves
0: podcast. Yeah. Got yeah. it.
2: Got it. Okay, yeah. So, um, I was Warriors for so long. For, like, the last, like, four years or three years or however long that, you know, they've been writing articles about the name. And I always thought it would be cool because, yeah, you could have the arrow from, like, the 19, I think it's the 1960s helmet and uh, and all those kind of, you know, color schemes and stuff like that. Um, and pretty much... I think it was the 70th anniversary jersey. I think it was Daryl mm-hmm. Green's one of his last years. I actually have that jersey still. And uh, that was the, the year they were doing the, uh, the 60s throwback kind of thing with the, uh, the arrow and stuff like that. But now when they're saying they're trying to stray away from all the Native American stuff, I think Warriors is kind of taking a, a seat, you know, in the very back of the theater, um, you know, compared to everything else. But the Red Wolves thing, I, I think that thing is gaining steam. And honestly, I don't want it to be the red tails or anything like that and have like little, you know, t- Tuskegee airmen or whatever, like great. It's, it's, it's a great homage to, you know, to t- like whatever, sure. you know, you want to talk about with, with, uh, you know, the past, you know um, you know, uh, whatever I, I'm trying to get my words right with, with all <laughs> that. So I don't want to, I don't want to miss speak with that, uh, uh, that kind of stuff, but um, you know, our nation's history, I guess you could say, but at the same time, like, you know, do a, do an animal or do something like that like panthers and and hawks or not hawks uh, falcons i was thinking of the atlanta hawks but i, I, I mis, 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 misjudged it there the atlanta falcons even though they can't you know you know keep a lead um you know <laughs> just like those type of those type of things are always cool because you can call it like the the, the den and all that kind of stuff yeah well can, yeah yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. And I've seen so many concepts and I just keep Googling like every, every couple <laughs> weeks and just see the new concepts that come out on social media and stuff like that. And there's some really nice ones out there. I'm like, man, that one looks really good. And then I look at another one and I'm like, damn, I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, that's nice. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. But I, I, I like the color scheme that they're trying to stick with the color scheme, but I think it would be cool if they actually, you know, got a little uh-huh. change. Possibly. I mean, if they did a little change up and somehow they changed it up, kind of like, I mean, the DC Defenders is pretty cool with the white and red. But at the same time, if they did something that had to deal with not red, white and blue, like I'm not Captain America or um, Homelander from the boys, um, you know, a TV show. Uh, I just finished the last episode for season two, by the way. Um, And uh, I don't want to be like, you know, nation's flag and stuff like that. I don't need to do all that stuff. But like if you could possibly just look into different colors and like have like a fan vote or something like that. I think that would be pretty cool, but keeping the same color scheme, not bad. But I think Red Wolves, I'm leaning towards that as well. After the Warriors kind of, you know, got left at the tra- the, the traffic stop there.
1: Fan, fan vote there scares me. You just don't know. You know what does Putin want it to be, and you don't know how the ballots <laughs> will work. So yeah, I, I'd stay away from a vote there. Um, so real quick,
2: he's gonna and- he's gonna put the, he's gonna put the, the vote in the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he's gonna do. He loves the Washington Post. Snyder loves the Washington Post. <laughs>
1: Uh, so real quick, uh, before we get you out of here and our last question, I just want quick predictions on who you think is going to win the NBA Finals.
2: NBA Finals, oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying the Lakers, everyone's saying Lakers, 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 but I think this Heat team is just, I mean, the way they beat down the Celtics pretty much. I- I'm not, I don't think I'm going to say the Heat are going to win the whole entire thing, but I have a feeling it's going to go at least six, if not uh, to seven games. And if it goes to seven, AD and LeBron may just take it over and win by 25, 30 points or whatever and somehow have a blowout. But I definitely think that when it comes down to, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, if hero somehow is the hero again or whatever. Um, but I think the catalyst is going to be uh, bam at a, at a bio or however whatever you want to call him I think yeah. if he goes out there and plays kind of like a millsap was a few years ago for the bucks and just goes out there and plays like above all-star caliber level to help out Jimmy I mean that's why you saw the clippers go down because Paul George just sucks I mean Paul George is the most overrated player in the league right now probably I mean he goes out there and shoots like what one for 12 in a, in a do or die game like come on man like you're getting paid millions of dollars and you go out there and make one shot anyways that's besides the point they're already out um but uh yeah i'm gonna go lakers i'll go lakers in seven and seventh game and they'll probably win by 20 plus
1: all right and then major league baseball i know you you've admitted to quit watching of any awareness (laughs) you have on major league baseball who, who would you pick to win it
2: let's see major league baseball i'm looking at the playoffs right now and trying to see if i can uh okay here's the postseason um, I know I asked you, did the Yankees even make it? Uh, <laughs> let's see here. I know Joe hates the Yankees. That's why I, I do. Like asking
0: about the I hate the Yankees. Yeah. I'm we hoping they get it out. If you
2: the Yankees. We'll edit this out. No, so. no, I'm not going <laughs> to pick the Yankees. Trust me. Trust me. I saw an article that said, like, the Yankees downfall, and I was like, well, that can't be good. Um, that's all I saw the title. I didn't see that. I didn't even read the article. Um, I mean, if this whole entire thing's a joke, I mean, look at it. The Marlins are in it. Let's be like, come on, now. let's go, Marlins. Marlins. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I'll, I'll root for the Marlins. That'd be hilarious. If the Marlins went in there and somehow made it to the, to the, um, uh, If the Marlins
1: win the World Series, then then I got Virginia Tech winning the college football playoff. It's it's, everybody makes the argument.
2: Uh, Be a little
0: realistic. We're not going to win. We're not playing NC State. prove
1: that opposite, go Tech. We're not
0: playing NC State every week. Let's be a little
2: realistic. (laughs) Hey, I I even said it. Joe saw my tweets. I was like, man, we're actually looking pretty good, you know, early on and stuff like that. And then I I stopped watching because we were up by like, you know, 28. And I was like, "Eh, I'm going to go over to the Stars game or whatever game it was. And I look back and I was like, eh, there's not even a point watching that game, especially because NC State. I mean, we, we were missing like three three starters on offense, something like that, and we, we still we still kick, kicked them in the teeth. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. Why am I even watching this? Um, but I'm looking at the playoffs right now, and I hope L.A. doesn't make it. <sighs> Tampa Bay is always like an underdog pick, which I always like picking them. You know what? I'm going to go – I, I want to pick the A's. I'm going to pick the A's. I like Oakland because Oakland, they, they, always have a scrap, they always have a scrappy team, but they, they never win, obviously. Yeah. But they always have a scrappy yeah. team and it's always fun to watch them. But I heard Giolito went, you know, balls to the wall today. Yeah. And, you know, Seven perfect or six yeah. and a yeah. so um so I'm, I'm guessing the A's didn't win.
1: No. No, they lost. But hey, that's one game. They get three, they get they get the best of three there.
2: Yeah, so so obviously my pick's not starting out so hot right now. Uh yeah, we'll go with the A's. Just because I A's. like I like the green logo.
1: All
0: right. <laughs>
2: Great analysis there, right? I don't know. I don't. I mean, the Marlins are in it. Like I'm just laughing at myself, just looking at the Marlins in the playoffs. Like the Marlins haven't been in the playoffs since like 1992.
0: But they've every time they've made the playoffs, they've won the World Series. They've never lost a playoff series in franchise
2: history.
1: I'm a a former Marlins fan, so I'm very aware of their previous winning. Once they put strippers in the outfield, is when I got out.
2: So (laughs) they put that. They put that little Marlin out there. Thank God they took that thing
1: down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the only good thing Jeter's ever
2: done. (laughs) <laughs> there you go
0: well thanks again sarone for joining us uh we had a we have a blast each time uh didn't think we get a rocky impersonation but that's why we have you on to surprise us
1: oh, oh, you up for it. stuff like that next time
2: oh yeah well, I, well that was probably the best that was probably the best part of the night so far because obviously obviously i talk too much because i was thinking sometimes the bad thing is when i go back and i listen to some of these i'm like man i'm talking for like seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> like i'm and I'm like, and I you're not the only back, one. I, oh, trust me, Ben. You know, Ben starts when I see Ben checking his phone for our podcast. I'm like, okay, that's a signal. I need to, <laughs> I need to send it over to him. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, it was definitely fun. And uh, next time, I'll do a Rocky, maybe a Rocky three impersonation with, uh, with Mister, with uh, Mister T. <laughs> All right,
0: sounds good.
1: D block time where joe and i bring up stuff that ne- isn't necessarily related to sports and i'm going to do that this week uh with what's dominating my life we've been watching on netflix the challenger the final flight documentary i believe it's a four-part documentary i think we're two in um and the challenger is the space shuttle that blew up in I think it was 86 and um you think I'm watching the documentary. You think I'd know that off the top of my head a little easier, but very sad. It blew up seven, all seven, um, uh, astronauts aboard passed away. And that included the teacher, Krista McAuliffe, uh, that was aboard and, uh, she gets the headline there because she wasn't a traditional astronaut and she was a teacher. She was going up there to, uh, do like live teaching videos from space, which was a really cool idea, especially for in the eighties. Um, and it was a really sad thing. Uh, what this documentary really digs into uh, is why that flight failed. And uh, it's very interesting that the, the obvious issues they were having that, that weren't getting addressed and they kept sending shuttles up that were scary. Uh, so I, it's very interesting to me. It also dives. It, Kristen McAuliffe always gets the more talk than any of them, even here, as I'm talking about, it, I'm doing it, but they talk about the other six astronauts too. They go into who their family was and what kind of people they were, how they had been to space before and, and that kind of stuff, which is, I think, uh, nice to represent those people differently. Cause I think everybody just goes to the headline. Like I already have here. Uh, it was cool to learn about those other people. The thing about the challenger space shuttle, um, failure was when I in back in March, a lot of people were saying, you know, this is a, you know, the, the pandemic is a very big news story. You know, what's the first big news story you remember from your life? And I think I talked about the earthquake in the 89 World Series between the A's and the Giants and other people were saying, you know, younger people were saying 9-11 and other people were saying other big things. But a lot of people were saying this, uh, people just a little bit older than me. And I was saying, yeah, I don't really, I was two. I don't really remember that. Um, so it's been interesting to learn more about this. I've always heard about it. I knew the the headlines. I knew,